to another episode of the Dude from Los Angeles podcast today in your lovely, beautiful home that has amazing floors. I got Ernesto Altamirana. Uh, Ernesto Altamirano. Altamirano. There you go. It sounds better with an A, dude. Change it right now. No, <laughs> sounds a little... I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It does. It does. It does feminize it a little bit. It was. Right? A little yeah, soft. Yeah, yeah, a little too yeah. soft for my taste. <laughs> That's what it is. I know. Double O. On the next one, you're going to add an extra O and, and then just a big sack of nuts at the end of the name. <laughs> like, whoa, shit. It's a little more aggressive, buddy. That's I know. right, man. No, dude. You are like the Paul Walker of the coffee game. Uh, Well, thanks, man. I think we've I think we've said that once or twice at uh, at you know El Cielito and stuff with Daniel. He's talking, saying some some wildness, but uh, kind of explain to people you know what La Dalia Coffee is. Sure. And uh, and and we'll just start from the beginning, right? We'll just talk about your story, man. Totally, man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. La Dalia Coffee. La Dalia Coffee has. A lot of purpose. It has a lot of love and passion. Yeah. It's a combination of, of me, my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, everybody that's, you know, put all of, of their, their, their hearts and, and you know, um, sweat into everything. So I can take you back to, let's see, 19, about 1978, 1979, when things were rough in Nicaragua. and. Yeah. My grandma, my mom's mom said, you know what, it's really rough here. There's a war going on and it's getting pretty nasty. So I'm going to send you guys out to Argentina to a safe country and and study abroad because, you know, they were already hitting college and stuff. So my mom. What was that? How did Why Argentina at the time? It was just a safe spot to go? Or other people were going? Argentina is known to have one of the best schools in Latin America. Oh, yeah. And, and, And the universities are amazing and they're free. You don't pay a dime to oh, okay. go to most of the good universities, especially where my dad's from. My dad's from uh, Cordoba. Uh-huh. And so my grandma found that spot, sent all her kids over there. My grandma is a, it's a powerhouse. My grandma is a person that didn't go to school, uh, was not even born in the city, was born in a very small town in Matagalpa called Muy Muy. So it's like very, 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 yeah. yeah. Like they say in Nicaragua, very, very. There you go. <laughs> very, very. Very, very. <laughs> so, gosh, when, when you know, my, my grandma was, you know, in her, in her, you know, in her young, in her youth, in her young years, there was no electricity. Mm-hmm. There was no roads in Muy Muy. Uh-huh. Uh, it would take like an entire day to get from the city to that spot. And, and, uh. One time she saw this guy was driving a truck. That was my grandpa. So she fell in love with the truck driver guy. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> saw get the magic. Of, you get tired of walking, you'll fall in love with the guy driving the truck too. Dude, I might, Smart woman, right? Yeah. I'll change my last name from an A to an O. I'm tired of these mules. I want to get in a truck. I'll, I'll hop on his truck for sure. Yeah. So that's when, wow. so, so yeah. So my grandma was an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, she started a shoe company. She was a shoemaker, got into cattle. She raised cattle, then got into coffee, uh, owned a coffee mill. I mean, this lady was unstoppable. And between her and my grandpa, they did a lot of big things in Nicaragua. She's one of the wealthiest ladies 
in Matagalpa, still now, she's 85 years old. Really? She's got 50 apartments what? a block away from the cathedral, so the main spot, like prime real estate in Matagalpa. In fact, she came out in a national, uh, a national uh, Discovery Channel uh, show one time for like one of the you know, most entrepreneurial women in Nicaragua, which is fascinating. That's awesome. So we fast forward now to the war times. Mm. She goes, okay, I'm sending you guys over there. My mom leaves, goes to Cordoba. She wanted to be a doctor, but she met my dad. Fell in love with my, my dad. <laughs> she, I mean, she, my dad. My mom really loved my dad. And they, they fell in love. And they, uh, they, my mom lived in Argentina for about seven years. And my dad finished his career. He, he became a lawyer and decided not to pursue that career. He was like, this is not, not it for me. Yeah. So my mom convinced him to go to, to Nicaragua. And then, so my dad was kind of, you know, having a conversation with his dad. And then he goes, hey, um, what do you think about Nicaragua? And my grandpa's like, you got to be out of your freaking mind. There's a war going on over there. There's people dying. Like, what are you going to do with it? Right. My dad's like, you know, it just feels like it's, it's, it's my gut feeling. And like, I want to do it. I want to go with my wife. So they take off. They sold everything. My mom landed in Nicaragua by herself because she left before my dad did with a belly. She was pregnant with my older brother, Rick. Wow. So my grandma goes to the airport to pick her up. And my mom, my grandma has sent her abroad to study, to bring a career, right? To bring a degree back. Yeah. She comes back with no degree, oh, with a belly, and no husband. <laughs> so yeah. you can imagine my grandma. Oh, dude, and this is the <laughs> 70s in Latin America. Yeah, in Nicaragua. Yeah. Things are going in Nicaragua. Nuts. Yeah. But then, yeah, my, my dad, a month later, you know, landed in Nicaragua. Yeah. And, you know, promised. Good, good for him. Right? <laughs> That's way more than most men did back in those right? days. Yeah, they are like, well, sorry. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, try to find me now. I live in Brazil. <laughs> right, in the jungle, yeah, the Amazon. That's what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, and then my, my dad and my mom had it rough. I, I mean, it was, it was tough. My dad didn't know the system. My dad was just an outsider, a foreigner. People would look at him like, you're not one of us, yeah. especially in the war times, the Sandinistas against the Contras. Yeah. It was always hard for my dad to get things done in Nicaragua. But there was all there was this this thing about my dad that he just loved about Nicaragua: the weather, the 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 way you can make money in Nicaragua. He saw like a lot of possibilities to turn anything into a business and, and be profitable. So one day, he know he finds out about this um, lot that's been for sale, and uh, it's just like super deep in the woods. It's so remote, like you have to drive for like five hours you get to a spot there's not even a road you have to leave your pickup there then jump to either either walk or, or ride a horse like another hour go over the mountain down the mountain that's the farm yeah in the middle of freaking nowhere and they just told me this is this is good for coffee like good coffee girls here he's like okay i can start a farm here that sounds good he brings my 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 my, my mom my mom is pregnant with me at the time Made her walk. That, yeah, that yeah. Walk. Yeah. My mom's yeah. like, you gotta be out of your mind. Yeah, you're dumb. Right. You're freaking nuts. You're crazy. Yeah. But my dad just convinced her. And my mom. That was the thing about my mom. My mom loved my dad so much. She always supported his ideas. Mm. So if my if if she believed my dad had something, you know, in 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 his in in his mind that he wanted to accomplish, my mom was always there for him. So she said, okay, if this is what you want to do, I'll support you. I don't like the idea, but I'm with you. So let's do it. And they started the farm started growing coffee. I remember, you know, my dad started building the infrastructure, the infrastructure at the farm. So like I said, there weren't any roads. So he would put like tin roof, like rolls on the mules 
on each side of the mule. So the mule mule looked like like it was carrying like two bazookas uh-huh. <laughs> going over the mountain. Right. You know, uh, you know, concrete, the material, everything was like so crazy difficult to get it to the to the farm. So little by little, you know, just the 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 the, the place that that looked like nothing started to look more like a farm. You know, and then he built the beneficio. Then he then he built the um, the la cocina, the kitchen, and all those things. So it, it it you know he made it into a coffee farm. Really. And and he bought more land and started growing coffee like crazy. We had great coffee. We had a lot of coffee. He bought tractors. He bought all kinds of you know equipment for the farm. Mm-hmm. Everything was fantastic. Everything was great. Like we had it. We had it going well. Here I am in Nicaragua. I'm like one of the rich kids. You know, we have a maid at the house, right? An empleada. We're going to private Catholic schools. Everything's awesome, right? I'm at the farm helping my dad. Everything's glorious. Yeah. How old were you then? Because you're, you're, then you said your older brother Rick was he was the first one. Yeah. And you came right after. So yeah, my so my brother is five years older than me. Uh-huh. So five I mean, as far later. as I can remember, I can tell you I was at the farm. Yeah. You know, playing in the mud or, or helping out my dad with the truck, pretending I'm a truck driver, playing Heck with yeah. the toys. You know, That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A kid in a farm, dude. Yeah. Riding in mules. A, oh, there you go. Yeah. No rules. Man. With the machete in my hand, just knocking down trees. I bet, you know, I saw you have a tree back there. I yeah. think sometimes you go back there and just try to relive your childhood, right? Start <laughs> hacking shit. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a, it's a different feeling to grow yeah. up without, you know, without restraint, right? And Absolutely. Go have fun. Yeah. Help us work. Absolutely. Like, I learned, I learned how to drive uh, a pickup truck when I was nine years old. <laughs> Here's, like, uh, a pickup truck like stacked with uh-huh. like 30 bags of coffee oh, shit. where I couldn't even see the, the, the front end of the truck because I was so small right. and then my dad had to scoot the seat all the way forward oh, and put geez. some pillows under my butt so I can reach the pedals and look in the front it was, it was, it was gnarly but I liked it yeah. I, I just liked the adventure so off-roading and shifting gears it's, it's amazing man and the rain like just loved it loved everything about the farm it was my dream What's up with kids nowadays? They can't freaking park it. They can't drive in a parking lot, you know? And you try to teach them at 16 and they're nervous. <laughs> they're looking I got anxiety. <laughs> right. I need <laughs> a therapist. <laughs> yeah. You're nine going over dirt roads through the jungle, yeah. you know? Different you know? times, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So then, yeah, you're helping out your dad at nine. Yeah, I'm helping out my dad at nine. Um, I remember our... our Free time, our vacation time in, in, in Nicaragua from, from schools uh, starts in November, from November through about January. And that's when the harvest is it's at its peak okay. in, in, in Nicaragua. So I would spend all my, my free time at the farm driving the tractor, I mean, taking food to the workers, you know, bringing coffee to the beneficio, the wet mill, things like that. So things just kept just flowing. Just things were smooth. Things were smooth. We were making money, paying back our debts. Everything was great. Until Brazil, which is one of the, it is the biggest coffee country producer in the world, yeah. produced just a massive amount of coffee that year. That was year 2000. Oh, wow. So coffee prices just tanked. Right. From, you know, one year coffee being $200 a bag, next year to being like $40 a bag. Oh, wow. So my dad didn't make enough to, to break even. With, with, with production, with the cost of production. Yeah. Not only cost of production, but now he had loans that he had pulled from banks to expand the farm. So now these banks are going, well, I don't care if, if, if coffee prices is, is cheap or expensive. You owe us and you got to pay us. And if you don't pay us, we're going to take your farm. So it was tough. Like year after year, coffee just didn't pick up its, its price and uh, we ended up losing everything. Wow. 
we lost everything. The, we lost the farm, tractors, trucks, every, they were after the house. So my mom came to the US in 01 with my uh, older brother, Rick. Then she went back to Nicaragua. She was sending money back. And then, and then she, she went back again. And then I begged my mother. I remember that clearly. I said, Mom, I, I don't want to be here. I want a future for myself. I was like, send me to the U.S. So she goes, she used to call me Ernestito. She goes, Ernestito, if you go there, guess what? I'm not going to be around. Your dad's not going to be around. You, you're going to have to work. And now, hey, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't care. I'll, I'll survive. Just get me out there and I'll figure it out. I said, I just, I'll just figure it out. She's like, all right, I'll send you with your, with your tias, yeah. with your aunt. So... I landed what was, here. What was the sending? How, how does that work? From so the they sold the truck. Uh-huh. Luckily, my dad being Argentinian, uh, so for a number of years, Argentinians didn't need a visa to come to the U.S. Oh, cool. For many, Very many cool. years because the economy in Argentina was strong. Yeah. So we all had visas. So my dad sold the, the, this truck, this, this old truck called IFA, and sold it for like 3000 bucks. So he scrapped some money together, put me in a plane, sent me here. So I landed here in L.A. November 16th of uh, 2002. And I was like, okay. This, I had been, work. yeah, <laughs> like, all right, I'm, I know it's cool and everything, but I got to work. Yeah. I got to find a job. So I, I did what most, most people do, most immigrants do when they come here, you know. First, you got to learn the language. I pushed myself, forced myself to learn uh, the language. Um, you know, got... Did whatever whatever I could to get a job. I got fake papers. <laughs> I did <laughs> all kinds of stuff, you know, yeah, ID, yeah. social, you call it whatever. Yeah. When you're at that moment in your life when there's no no one behind you to to help you, you know, pay your expenses or put food on the table, you do whatever it takes. Oh, at, that, at that point, you're like in survival mode. You just yeah. you just gotta you you know you you you, you swim or sink. Mm-hmm. One of those things, you know. Yeah. And that's a real option, you know. Just yeah. get some fake papers, get a get a job. Yeah, that's real money. Uh, it's real money, right? And yeah, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't smuggling drugs or anything like that. There so there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was a solid job. That's right? my argument for a lot of things in life. You know, whenever I bring too much cheese or something on an airplane yeah. or, or too many bottles of tequila, I'm like, hey man, it's not drugs, okay? Let me through. <laughs> Let me just drink my tequila at home comfortably. All right, 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 right. Yeah, hey, yeah. So, but you're right. You know, it's like I'm not doing something illegal. It's right. Just, let me. Yeah, we work and get some money. Honestly, sure. right? And uh, I mean, I did, I did every every possible job you can think of. I used to clean tables for a living. I was a boss boy. Uh, I did roofing one summer, roofing which by summer. far has been the toughest job ever. Oh, you'll lose some weight. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, if you were already skinny coming from over there or something. Yeah, it's it's, it's just brutal. Heck yeah, yeah dude! Yeah. Carrying those shingles on your shoulder. Oh, for real. On the ladder. You know, yeah, one hand on have, the now they have the machine, right? You just load it up no, and it sends it to you up they, there. They had the machine then, but oh, the boss was yeah. cheap. So <laughs> you had to pay cheap labor. That's so fucking it. rude. Sorry, <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. If you get a cheap boss, <laughs> yeah. you're like, or, or like if they didn't yeah. have the machine to like dig posts, you know, it's right? Like, just no, by you hand. just gotta freaking go there and just pull the dirt out one by one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this guy couldn't see you standing alone. Like not even, not even. Not even a fraction of a second. This guy wanted you just to be on just your ass, like machine. just hustling, just moving, 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 moving. Oh. Yeah, it was, that was tough, man. Tearing off the old roof. Oh, dude, scraping it off. Definitely. Yeah, with those big forks. Oh yeah. my god, dude, in a hundred degree, I've done it. I've done hundred degree too. weather. That's that. That's brutal. That's brutal. So, when what age was that? Uh, age fifteen. I was fifteen. <laughs> yeah, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went, and then my mom found me an opportunity to work with this plumber. Uh-huh. So I showed up to the job site and I said, I want to work. 
I lied the whole time. I told him I was 18. Yeah. Bullshit, I was 15 years old. Yeah. So here I am with my fake ID, yeah. looking like a kid with the baby face, <laughs> going, I want a job. Right. And they're like, really? You want a job? I'm like, yeah. yeah. So like, all right, here's a shovel and a pick. Go dig me this trench, 100 foot long, this deep, and I want it done by this time. I was like, no problem. Give me the tools. I started just kicking ass, just doing my thing. The, the, the general contractor of the entire job site came to me multiple times offering me water and, and telling me, Ernesto, what are you doing? You got to kick back. You got to relax. You're yeah. going to freaking pass out. You're going to faint. I'm yeah. like, dude, I, I want this job. I got to show my, my soon-to-be boss, hopefully, that I want this job. So let me do my thing. Yeah. And I, do, I dug the train. These guys were like, the freaking jaws just dropped. Like, you want this job? You got a job. And that's how I got into plumbing. Huh. I got into plumbing and... You know, I just, I, I, by then I already had worked in like different jobs and I go, I can do plumbing for two days out of the week and make more that I, that I would by working for like a Vons or a minimum wage job right. for the entire week. Right. So I go, that's awesome because I can work Saturday and Sunday so I can go to school during the week. So by 16, I convinced my, my brother and I said, look, dude, I love my tias and everything, but we're not so wanted here. So let's get the hell out of here. By then, my my boss Ramiro, which is my, which was my, he still is my plumbing mentor, my good friend. Um, knew this manager in Inglewood, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Dude, I can get you an apartment." I was like, "Dude, that's freaking there perfect. Let's do it." There I convinced my my brother. I'm like, "Dude, let's get the hell out of here." We went over there. It was 900 bucks uh, a month for for our one bedroom apartment in Inglewood oh, on Inglewood Avenue, right by the by the on. Like Arborvita in Inglewood oh, Avenue. Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that same apartment nowadays is like seventeen fifty at least, easily, 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 if so, not more. So I had to come up with like like four hundred fifty bucks, my half, my food and everything. I was like, oh, I got this. So uh-huh. I would work Saturday and Sunday with Romero, you know, learn plumbing and and I would get paid, and then hit high school, you know, hit up high school from Monday through Friday, uh-huh. and I I did it like that for like three years until I graduated from high school. In 05. And, uh, and that's another thing that helped me a lot. In high school, I chose my friends very carefully. Because as a Latino, when you come and, and then you start hanging out with your people, obviously it's natural, right? You want to hang out with your, with your people, with your, right. you, with your race, right? right you right, right. you want to speak your primary language, which was Spanish for yeah. me. My first language is Spanish. Right. And I said, but if I hang out with these people, I'm not going to learn English. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get it right. That's true. So I Plus, Mexican Spanish has got to be a lot different than, than, than your chest Spanish. I oh, my God, dude. Dude, <laughs> you when I was cleaning tables uh-huh. in, at this uh, Italian restaurant called Luigi's at the time yeah. here in Redondo Beach, yeah. I was so, I was like stuck in between two languages, right? I would go serve the customers in my broken ass English at the time. <laughs> yeah. And they would ask me for a thing. I can't remember this one vividly in my mind. One one time, this customer asked me for a half and half, and I was like, "What in the hell is that? They don't teach me that in school uh-huh. in, in Nicaragua right. in English, yeah, right? They yeah. don't tell you what a half and half is." So I'll go inside the kitchen. I'm like, "Dude, I'm looking for a half and half," and and, and my Mexican friends were speaking so freaking fast in Spanish. I'm uh-huh. like, "Dude, what the hell are you doing? Are you saying? Slow down for me. I gotta uh-huh. understand this." So like, I had to not only learn English but also like the the Mexican Spanish, which is the the predominant. You know, Spanish here. Southern California. In Southern California. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little tough, man, you know, with, 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 with that Spanish, but I got the hang of Eventually it now. Eventually you're like, oh, <laughs> you're like fucking oh. half and half. <laughs> yeah, it's cream. Yeah, it's cream. ¿Por qué no dijiste crema, cabrón? Pendejo. Yeah, just something, man. They'll throw you off with some words, man. Yeah, half yeah, yeah. That'll get you. Yeah, but yeah, high school definitely helped a lot For in real. my English. Then um, 
after high school. I mean, I had good grades, man. I had, uh, at one point, I had a 4.2 uh, GPA. Um, and I, but I couldn't go to, I couldn't go to no universities, uh, even though I, I had good grades, but I had no papers. Uh, so I didn't have my documents. So I was like, what am I going to do? I can't go to college, even though I want to, but I, I, it's just hard. So I, I went to a trade school. I went to plumbing. I went to Harbor Occupational Center in San Pedro. Yes. And, uh, dude, I, I paid 300 bucks for the whole semester in a code book. And I just started learning the codes and interpreting the codes. So by 18, I had a solid job in plumbing. And I was making like $50,000 $50, a year. Wow. As a plumber. Dude, this should be... You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I regularly argue people that they shouldn't go to college. <laughs> I don't think I college... Believe, I believe in yeah. school, you know, K through 12. I, I, totally. Try your dang hardest. Yeah. But then then when it comes to the later stuff, I'm like... Because I, and I always say the, the same story. My buddy Carlos, he became a freaking... After high school, he became an electrician. And he makes way more fucking money than all of us. And whenever we need anything done at our house, he's the guy we call. Like... We're not calling our buddy that works at freaking uh, Boeing, at Boeing or Raytheon. <laughs> like they can't help you for anything. What are they yeah. going to engineer some plans? You still got to call freaking Carlos to come hook it up. You right, know? Like, right, right, right. It's yeah. just yeah. You you want to make friends with people that become electricians, plumbers, yeah, the trades, you know? right? Yeah, yeah, the trades, construction. They're industry. the ones that are actually going to hook it up at the house. Yeah, I just don't think you know college is for everybody. You know, yeah. there are very smart individuals out there that they can they can do so much with their hands that they they're just so much better. They just you know uh, they have that mechanical uh, orientation in their minds. Right. You know, so and that I mean, I mean, I had both. I could be book smart and be good with my hands, but because of my situation, I was like, this is my my avenue right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it, and I went for it. After the first, yeah, after that one year, I, I became what they call a journeyman plumber. Oh yeah. So I went to yeah. the city. I applied for my journeyman license. I got my license by that point. I talked to my boss and I said, "Look, I'm a journeyman now. Can you give me a raise?" She's like, "Sure." So I was making like twenty six dollars an hour. Wow. This was back in two thousand and eight. When we had the biggest recession, yeah. I was working for this company, and I I I sold them in one year four hundred thousand oh, dollars myself. Geez. I was the youngest plumber in oh, the whole geez. team. Uh-huh. And recession times, people didn't want to spend a penny back then. Yeah, but if your toilet's clogged, you gotta call somebody. And it's, that, it's, uh, that is in and, and that's why I love this trade, right? Because recession, no recession, good economy, bad economy, like you said, right? Something if breaks. Your, if your toilets don't flush, you gotta call a plumber. Yeah. yeah. If your pipe bursts. You're gonna call a plumber. That's right. Yeah, That's it's right. a necessity. It's not a it's not a luxury. So, so yeah. So, uh, going back to La Dalia Coffee, we lost completely. We completely lost the farm. We got kicked out of the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom. What happened? What happened at the time was my mom found out that another guy was suing a bank for uh, for the way they 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 uh, almost confiscated the farm, like the way they took it away. Yeah. From them was not the proper way, was not the legal way. So, like, they were breaking a lot of the rules. Oh. So, okay. my mom found that opportunity and decides to file, file a lawsuit against the bank. So, this is like saying, like, you're, you're like now you're suing sh- like Chase Bank. Like, Chase yeah. Bank is a super powerful bank, right? right. And Nicaragua was like 10 times harder because not only you're fighting a big bank, but you're also fighting corruption. Because yeah. these banks have the capability of bribing a judge or something, and now it's like you, you're just screwed. So my mom fought for 10 years until we recovered the farm. Really? So we recovered the farm in about the year of like 2011, 2012. The tragedy that we had though, is still I still have 
the you know the the pain that's never going to go away that we lost my mom yeah. and my mom we lost we lost mom because really all all of the depression that she went through that destroyed her because you know you can think think of like your mom and your family right your mom especially your mom wants the, the family always together and always mm-hmm. united and the, the the coffee deal like really broke us all apart everything disintegrated every you know everybody went different ways and like mm-hmm. it was it was just like super super tragic so so for a while after we recovered the farm, I had this bittersweet relationship with coffee, right? Because I go, I love it, but in a way, it kind of like killed my mom. Yeah. But then I just kind of just kept thinking about it. And like I, I had something telling me, like like I, I should do do something with this coffee, this coffee project. And I said, you know what? If I get into this coffee industry and this coffee project, what I can do, I can be the means to stop this from happening to all these other families in Nicaragua, and all these other coffee families in the world. Mm-hmm. So about four years ago, I decided to, here I go again, like risking it all. I borrowed money from my plumbing business, and I injected that money into coffee. And I started buying coffee from my dad, bringing it over, paying like stupid $2 a pound on an airplane to bring it into the U.S. Because I, I wasn't going to bring a lot if I didn't have the market for it, right? Right. So I started buying, I started bringing like three, four bags, like 150 pound bags. Mm-hmm. And little by little, I started going to shows, talking to people, you know. Next thing you know, two years go in. Now I bring, like, now I'm bringing 10,000 pounds. The very last year, I brought 20,000. And this next coming year, we're going to bring about 30,000 pounds of coffee. Jeez, and things are looking better. Yeah. And, and now I'm helping, I'm helping my dad, I'm helping uh, neighbor farmers from the area. Mm-hmm. I'm now helping another farmer that I met through my, my dad over there. And, and things are looking better. And I think this has all the potential in the world to become something very, very large. And everyone's going to be benefit from it. Because the chain of the coffee is very, very fixed. It's like very corrupted. And there's a lot of people that put their hands in the pot and they take the most profit. And the poor farmer is the one that gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. You know, they, they're the ones breaking the sweat, working yeah. on the on the rain, working under the, the hot sun, mm-hmm. dealing with pests, dealing with, you know, coffee pickers, dealing with uh, bugs, everything, you name it. Right. And they're the ones that get the, the least, the least you know, chunk of the pie. And I think that's very unfair. And that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to change. Yeah, definitely. So, so you guys, this whole La, De- La Dalia coffee is like essentially the specialty. They call it specialty, right? But essentially it's your way of just... Cr- creating it so if that if brazil ever decides to freaking drop to freaking 40 cents a pound or something like that you guys can still be like well yeah that's cool but it's not our coffee exactly it's not our people it's not our story exactly totally right yeah Yeah. no this is a very it's a niche of a niche right because it's it's not only specialty but it's also a story yeah so i'm selling you awesome coffee with the purpose and with the story where you can relate to the brand and you can say I can buy coffee from you and I know it's going to help the farmer and I know that I can see it because now with the power of technology, right, you can post something on Instagram, create a YouTube channel and and get to really the the, the nitty gritty of the people. Yeah, you could tell their story. Right. That's the big one. I mean, I just just said that I don't believe in college, all right, but you guys are doing something that I definitely do believe in and you guys are creating a school down there. Absolutely. For kids. Yeah. You know, for the for the kids of the farmers that are out there working the fields, uh, that way they don't have to walk, what was it, like two hours or something? Yeah. Through freaking, like, you know, the roads that you were driving through at nine. Exactly. You know, like, the, just a, a difficult walk 
to school, you're making it just boom. Right there in the farm. Shop. Absolutely. Yeah. So now their parents can say, okay, look, I can go work for this farm. Yeah. And while I'm working in the field, uh, my kids are getting the education yeah. in the, at the same place that I work at. Yeah. We're, we, we're bettering their diets, you know. Uh, you know, the, the poor people in Nicaragua only eat rice and beans all the time. Yeah. Now we have a chicken coop. So now they have eggs. We go. sometimes bring chicken. Sometimes we bring meat. Every time I have a chance to go over there, I buy everybody meat, and then we go and have a good time. It's like we have a little, little family, like a little, como una fiesta familiar, yeah. right? And it's it's awesome. I think that's that's what it should be. Oh heck yeah! You know, it's dude. it's about happiness, man. It's about helping people. It's like there's so much money uh, that you can make in this industry, but why be so greedy and pocket it all when you can take a cut and live reasonably? You know, with, with, with just what you need, right? And then whatever's rest, whatever's left out there, give it back to the community. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And that's that's what I believe in and that's what I'm constantly working on. So, I mean, we, you know, I don't want to harp on it, but you talk about just losing your mom and, and, and her depression with just having everybody go away. Uh, but it seems like you're making up for that now and creating a community with everybody and getting everybody together at the farm. Yeah, so absolutely. it's... it's, it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's, it's really, gorgeous. It really is beautiful, man. And then I put what I did is I put my mom's um, portrait on the bags of the coffee. Oh, heck yeah! So yeah. now I see every when I go visit my roasters and I see my mom's picture there. Oh, it's Jesus amazing. It's, That's a whole different. I I feeling. one of my biggest accounts. They 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 bought like a like twenty five hundred pounds last time, oh, like all at once. And uh, my good friend Remington says. Dude, he's like, every time I go back there and I see your mom, he goes, I can feel her presence. Oh, dude. Like, it's it's powerful. It's so powerful. Like, I'm honoring my mom because everything she did for us, it's not going to go away. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like she, you know, she died for a reason. It was very unfortunate. But how can I turn that around and make something positive out of it and help help out those, those that I, I don't, that they're not as fortunate as I am to be here, to speak right. the language, the, both languages, to have the... You know, the ease of, of, of uh, transportation. I can go back to Nicaragua. I can stay here. I can bridge the two countries. So I feel very fortunate in that sense. And um, I wanted to use, you know, all of my resources, man, to, to spread the word, man. You're and definitely doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely going in a positive way. We're, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, man. Absolutely. That's all good. Well, Nobody's even texting. That'll work. So welcome back. This is uh, this is part two of the conversation we're just having about, uh, you know, coffee and, dude, kicking up production. The ability for you guys to start kicking up production has happened because of, essentially because you're up here selling it like crazy. Right. And you're giving so much money. You guys are giving so much money back. Right. Uh, but you got your sister working down there. Yeah. And... To see her pictures, like, she'll just post up these amazing pictures of how this place looks, right? Right. So, you describe it as a beautiful place. Uh, it doesn't take long for somebody to see those pictures and go, like, God damn, that's a beautiful place. That's right. What is it like to take, like, uh, to, to take your whole family down there, man? It it doesn't take much because, you guess what? You know me. Yeah. All <laughs> I'll right. make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, what is it? Oh, definitely. I'm so down. Hey. Look, I was in that freaking Nicaragua, right? Okay, uh, okay. But but the pictures are amazing. But what does it feel like to take your your family? Oh, my family. Yeah, oh, I got you. Yeah, your family down there. Well, you know, it's it's what I think what a successful man uh, want to ex- you know have his his kids and his family experience. Mm-hmm. Now I'm taking um, you know my 12 year old daughter down there. Right, I took her last year in August when she was 15. Uh, when she was 11, I'm sorry, when she was 11. 
and she knows the whole story. She knows my whole story. I mean, I, I, she, she loves my story and she likes it when I say it. And to know that we, the, the, the farm was not in our property for some, a number of years. Mm-hmm. And, and to know the fact that my mom fought so hard for the farm to get it back. And now that I'm going back and we, we're moving the wheels and then we got these things, you know, turning and they're looking in the right direction. And we see the impact that we're making in the farms and then we can see people's smiles. It's a beautiful, gorgeous thing, man. It's, it's like, it doesn't get better than that, you know? And I think for my daughter too, it, it it shows her a different type of life, you know. She can see, you know, how how great it is to be, uh, you know, like us right here. We're so yeah. fortunate to be in the U.S., you know. She has all these things, and then she sees the poverty and everything and all the kids over there. So it's it's life teaching. It's what I like to call it, you know. It's, it's you know, it's something that's going to really help her a lot. And uh, she also sees the, the direction that I'm taking this, you know, this big project to. And, uh, you know, she helps out, and it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's that really is a great, great thing. thing, man. It is a great thing. I was just talking. I just I had another podcast on here, and, and the guy, he's a stand-up comic, uh, Frank Blanco, was talking about how he goes, like, um, takes his kids to Dodger games, and he's like, we, we, I pay for the buffet sections, you know? And he's like, they always want something that's not at the buffet section. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dad, can I get cotton candy or something like this? And I was always like, hey, man, I already paid extra. Get hot dogs, you know? <laughs> he's like, come on, Dad. Put it on the card, and he's like, "God, like you know, they're they're growing up with so much like uh, an abundance of abundance, things. right? Yeah, and, and I and told accessibility. Him about that. I told him about that. Like, yeah. dude, I had a friend that would uh, take his kids to volunteer down in, in Mexico at an orphanage, and they would see a different level. And and do you that? That's amazing that she comes back with like a perspective, right? A, Absolutely, a switch. A still just like wow. yeah, yeah. My my uh, my daughter, you know, she's twelve, but she's like twelve going on twenty one. Yeah, she's dude. an amazing she's person. Like, I love her. Drive oh my she's god! Be she drives my my Sprinter, my Mercedes Benz. <laughs> I taught her how to drive that does. thing already. <laughs> dude, she's a little huge. It's, it's, it's the distillation of all your lineages of your grandma and your and your hardworking yeah. mom and dad. It's yeah, just further distilling into these super freaking super managers. Bro. Yeah, no, I love having a girl, man. I love yeah. her. I I, t- I teach her everything so that she can do anything a man can do. Yeah, you know, you yeah. know how to change an oil, how to. How to uh, you know, drive the Mercedes? You know how to work on plumbing. I take her to to the plumbing jobs with me. She goes under the house with me. She That's talks nice. to the clients. She sees all the stuff I go through to make money. Yeah. I think it's very important for parents, you know, to teach their kids how you, you know, how how hard it is to make the money, so that they don't go on and spend it like crazy. Right. You know, so then they become more understanding and more more grateful for what they have. Dude, that's a very yeah. very good outlook. Yeah, I think you're the second person that I've that I've heard say that and it really you know it comes off true there's another guy that was talking about his making his kids work with them you know like a little pop-up on the weekends yeah same deal kids yeah, come absolutely. out just like no dad let's go to work so we can make yeah. some money and I yeah. get my toys and holy crap heck yeah. different human right absolutely and, and that's something that you know you might not get a thank you now yeah but you get a thank you later when they grow up right. and then when they have their own kids and they'll, they'll, they'll look back and say dad thank you so much for raising me this way Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. And yeah, when I, I give her the basics. And if she's looking for something like high end, like some Vans or a new Apple phone or whatever, I'm like, all right, this is how much I'm willing to pay for this. You got to make up for the for the rest. So what do you want to do? You want to mow the lawn? You know, <laughs> you want to trim the trees? There you go. You want to go clean the chicken coop? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and make them earn it, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. 
Really give her those jobs, yeah. Yeah. Because I ain't, I ain't trying to clean that chicken coop, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> she tries to avoid that. She always oh, tries to work around that. That's Everybody, true. man. Everybody. <laughs> chicken coops, man. Chicken coops are, are the coolest thing, but yet also just the worst thing to clean. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's, can, that, yeah. you can get messy. Get messy, but... So, uh, and I wanted to talk more about um, what's it like kind of having, you know, your sibling down there, your sister down there, you know, working the farm, you know, day in and day out. And then you're up here just, you know, taking care of the the, the distribution and, and, and promoting the freaking... Because you promote the freaking line, man. I, right. I just saw the thing with, uh, you know, um, what is it? El Cielito Coffee. Okay. Daniel's on there. It was, you know, and then and then out of nowhere, you come out with a freaking suit jacket. You know, you got a <laughs> jacket on, talking about like, go Nicaragua. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Hey, man, you got to, you know, you got to look your best. Definitely. Because when definitely. people look at you... The, the, you know that's the that's the that's the image you're giving right. off, right? right. Like I want to make sure when people see me, they know I'm a I'm a businessman and I got right. big plans. And uh-huh. if I want this thing to 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 skyrocket it to be like, you know, nationwide, to worldwide, yeah. they have to know like, hey, this guy means business and this Definitely. guy's serious. Yeah. So hey, I want when you think of Nicaragua, you hardly think of good things, mm. you know, for the most part, right? You think of uh, wars, you know. Uh, communism, poverty, you know, all these bad things, right? I want to bring the best out of Nicaragua, right? Uh, good coffee, good people, you know? Like you, were, like, like, like you and I were talking the other day, right? Tobacco, right? Nicaragua has cigars. one of the best cigars in the world, right? Great. Let's talk about those things. That, right. I think that's a way that it's our duty as Latinos to represent our countries with right. all the greatness that we carry. Right. You know, by being Latinos, whatever it could be. You want to sell frijoles, pupusas, baleadas for Hondureños, you know, tacos, whatever it is, right? right? But make it the best. Definitely. So when people go, oh, this coffee is amazing. Where is it from? Oh, Nicaragua. Really? I didn't know that there was good coffee in Nicaragua. Uh-huh. Nicaragua is kind of like the hidden gem in the rocks. Oh, definitely. People don't know about good Nicaraguan coffee yet. Uh-huh. So that's going to be me. That's right. what I want to do. I wanna... you, you had said that about your dad, yeah. saying that you can grow anything in Nicaragua, like if you just, anything. Anything. And it grows. It's just like the, the, the soil. The, the soil so fertile. It's, yeah. it's virgin soils, and they're just great. Uh-huh. Whatever it is, frijoles, corn, sugar canes. We have a big sugar cane plantations in the, in the, on the Pacific side. It, Nicaragua is a blessed country. Wow. Yeah. So, so, and then one thing, I mean, and the reason I think why I love your coffee so much, I, I really do love a lot of, you know, products from Nicaragua. Like, but for the most part, it's, it's, for me, it's always been tobacco. So cigars. Cigars. I've been the biggest promoter of like the best. When people ask me, what's the best cigar in the world? And I always say it's, it's the best cigars in the world are not made in Cuba. They're made in Nicaragua. The, the best soil, the people that make them are better trained and they actually can't, they care. <laughs> like one of the freaking most like demystifying things I ever had was when I went to the, to the Montecristo factory and the okay. Romeo Julieta, Julieta factory in, uh, in Cuba. I see people working, and I kid you not, they did not give a shit about making your stupid cigar. Like it didn't Damn. feel like they wanted to be there, and it and it's just you. Maybe it was a communism. Maybe it was just hot that day. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was both. Maybe it was a little bit of both. Maybe <laughs> communism makes you hot in the afternoon. You know, make you sweat. Like It'll shit. make you sweat. But when you when you yeah. see people like in in in. Esteli, you know, working for Drew Estate, working for Padron, the uh, the the quality and the consistency over time, 
it lends itself to really express how beautiful the tobacco is. The most beautiful tobacco ever is, is made in, in, in Nicaragua and even more so Esteli, which is fucking not far from where you guys grow tobacco. I mean, uh, what is it? Coffee. Yeah. So it's just, to me, it was it's like, just, God, they're, they're yeah. right there. Yeah. And the combo is is just, it's perfect, man. Can't wait to take some of this and then have a, you know, have a Padron with it later on. Because nice. that's, to me, the be- the best combo has always been like an uh, an aged Padron with, uh, you know, a good cup of coffee. That's awesome. In the morning, that's just, there's that's slight, that's a slice of heaven right there. Nice. Um, Very nice. Yeah, but that's that's I think that's what I was like, dude, who's making this? And then I was like, and, you know, I heard you on the Poderosa podcast. On the Poderosas, yeah. Yeah, where they ha- you were calling in through WhatsApp. Yeah. Your sister was calling in through WhatsApp. I, I, I got to say, I'm the only man that's been on the podcast. Yes, that's you because have. I got my sister there. Wow, that's the <laughs> dude. A, I'm you, a fucking of special you man. You weaseled somehow. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, you, I bet you will change it to an A on that one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe a little, <laughs> just to get in the door. <laughs> just to get in. It's a good. It's a good way. Damn, yeah. I need to work on that. I need to I'll hit her up, dude. <laughs> hey, man, get me on. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. Man, that's but funny. It's, it was a. <laughs> that was a great podcast, man. Yeah, she's she's doing some amazing things. She's a wonderful girl. Yeah, it's 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 hard to yeah it's hard to argue with somebody that has like an actual insight on what they want to do. You know. Yeah, and it's uh no, no stories too small or too big, and and I think we all follow that model. But definitely, it's a, uh, it's it's very well put together, very well put together. Yeah, absolutely, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 100%. this thing is more of a a ratchet fucking train that's yeah. on fire. This know? is gonna take off, and it's gonna take off soon. It's it takes off. It's, yeah, it's, it does pretty well. It's just yeah. a consistency. But I think uh, you know, but what's fun about this, and I think what people appreciate is that it lends itself to creating context for a lot of things. Yeah. Not only showing important things, but letting you know why it's important, and uh, and the authenticity behind it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you 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 know, you are an authentic person, and it's going to yeah. show in the podcast. I mean, yeah. you know, we're talking about the truth. You know what I mean? Right. We're not making things up. We're not editing. We're not photoshopping. It's it's oh, the real deal. <laughs> I wish I probably should have like put on some more like uh, powder or something. So Moisturizer. Out, yeah, something come out so glistening, dude. <laughs> All this natural light is going to be like, God, he's shiny, huh? He's shiny. Did he eat some fried chicken before this? Did he, did he rub fried, fried chicken on his, on his forehead, bro? That's so oh, rude. God, that's man. so rude. But that's one of the things that, uh, no, it, 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 it's important for people to hear, yeah, why things are important. And, uh, yeah. and what you're doing with the coffee is, is, is beyond, you know, important. It's, it's freaking, it's essential that people know the, the story and the reason God, man, I I don't I, I would want to drop the news here because it'll be it'll be great, you know, when we talk about it. But yeah, I'll be private labeling a, a small batch of uh, yeah of, of your coffee. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah I, I would be. It would be an honor for me to do that for you, man. Jesus, uh, man. We're gonna we're gonna get that big roaster here. Yeah. In, in May, uh, yeah. that was a big investment on my on my part. Really? Yeah. So what is it? So for roasting, because that's a whole different thing. That's right? a whole different ball game. Whole different ball game. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game. That's like you mastering, you know, a uh, culinary uh, career. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you know, you can have a good piece of steak, mm-hmm. but if you don't cook it right, you're just gonna right. destroy the that meat. Right? It's yeah. it's the same thing with coffee. Huh. You you could have good coffee beans, but if you have a crappy roaster, you're gonna get a smoky ass coffee that Which no one's was, gonna like. Which was the thing for many years, right? Absolutely. Is that why Brazilian coffee was so cheap? Because nobody cared nobody where it came cared. from, just as long as it's roasted dark. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially here in America. If, if it's black yeah. and if it's got that caffeine kick to it, yeah. people didn't care what, what they drank. Yeah. Especially adding cream and sugar and then you, you kind of mask the, the true flavor of the coffee. So, you know, uh, for those out there that are getting into coffee, when you try good coffee, drink it black. Yeah. Straight up black because you, right. you know, you're drinking the real thing. You're not, you know, you're not putting, as I like to call it, you're not putting lipstick on the pig, right? That's right. That's <laughs> Which is, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. that. Don't okay. do that. That's a farm you don't, if you see that at a farm, yeah. don't, don't eat the bacon. They've, they've done, poor, poor, they've done some things to the animals, bro. Yeah. That's not a place you want to go. Yeah. So definitely, but that's an old generational type of thing, right? Where coffee was probably not. It, great coffee was mixed in with terrible coffee, and it was all sold at McDonald's. Yeah, they're, they're know, still, for a dollar. They're, they're still doing. You know, a lot of companies are still doing that. They'll yeah. they'll buy a lot of cheap coffee, blend it with some good coffee, make it taste okay. Huh. And if if they have you know a big chain going for a number of years, more than likely people are still going to drink that coffee. Is the newer generation yeah. that is wanting, that is asking, demanding for good coffee, and that's yeah. what's going to change our industries. The newer people, the people are more aware of of good coffee. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, and then you guys getting the story out of like, hey, this is from us. Yeah, the, this is the farm. These are the people that you're helping with your cup of coffee. Right. Right, that's the new generation too. Absolutely. Right? It's like, oh man, I can't wait for for May when cuando viene la cosecha, you know, de la yeah. alia. Like it's yeah. gonna be that thing. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm getting. Not only we're getting the the nice roaster, but we're also getting uh, different processes from our farm. Uh-huh. We get a natural honey processes. So, same variety of coffee, different with the different process. Uh-huh. It's it's like a completely different thing. Like you bring out different flavors, different sweetness. It's gonna be. Pretty, pretty insane. Really? Um, so, you know, looking forward to that. It's going to be and then, fantastic. And different, uh, amazing varieties, right? Were you yeah. talking about that they're, they're going to come out with a, ge- uh, a geisha? Yeah, we're, we're doing uh, Katuai this time. We're doing the same uh, Katimor that we are bringing before. Another thing we're bringing is Cascara. So that's the fruit of the tree, the Ooh. fruit of, of the coffee, of, of the cherries, uh-huh. which um, it's considered to be a, uh, what they call that, a super fruit. So really? it's packed with antioxidants. It's like it's got protein in it. And, uh, you know, you steep it like tea and it, it tastes fantastic. I've tried it. It tastes like hibiscus almost. It's pretty. What, what, what do they do with it normally? Like normally we're, we're just throw it throwing away. it out, you know, huh. using this fertilizer. So when I did my research and I found out that there's a market for that, I said, Dad, you literally throwing money down the river, down, yeah. down the train almost. Yeah, over yeah, there. yeah. You know, I said, let's collect it. Cascara and let's process it and let's find a market for it. Right. Dry it out or something. Yeah. Like dehydrated tr- fruit yep. and then make a tea. Exactly. <sighs> that makes sense. That makes sense, dude. Yeah. So you're bringing out another, another avenue, right? Another stream of income from the right. same product. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's going to be, that's going to be also very, very exciting. Amazing, man. Well, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. And I think we're nearing the end of this podcast. I mean, All right. you know, we got busy days ahead of us. So for now, uh, where can people find your coffee? Oh, ladaliacoffee.com. Yeah. Absolutely. Just hit me up right there. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, get, get, get whatever bags you want, one, two, three, or four, or five, how, how many you want, and then we'll get it to your door. That's and crazy. that's the thing. You order, then we roast it, and then we ship it out. So the, the coffee's always freshly roasted. Oh, man. Yeah. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. And then just it tasted amazing, too. Nice. Thank I'm you, so man. glad you liked it, man. Well, thank you for coming <laughs> on the podcast, man. It was a great time allowing me uh, in your home and then checking out your, your tortoises yeah. in the back. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then thank you for the eggs. I'm going to go yeah. fry them up when I get home. Man. <laughs> Let me know all those eggs taste, man. <laughs> amazing at that. All right. That's it for another episode of the Dude from LA podcast. Make sure you check out La Dalia on Instagram. And Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll put up all the links. Laters. All right. Thank you. Peace. Peace.